0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at cbcbuna.com. All right, well, let's grab our Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 1, where we'll make a home today. As you're turning there, let me tell you about something I'm real excited about. Um, Over the past you know, several months, really well before I got here, the Lord has been blessing our church with growth. So many of you have joined us, and you've only been here uh, several months to a few months, or maybe even a year or two, and you've been here, and I've had great conversations with people basically asking this question, a really good question. Hey, where can we plug in and serve? Like, what are the needs of the church? How can we kind of get connected and find a place to to plug in and use the gifts that God has given us? We, we really are ready to do that. Uh, so I have loved those conversations, and part of those conversations we've been talking with our uh, staff, and you know they their needs really all around our church. So what we're doing uh, next Sunday uh, we're going to have Sunday service, but we're actually going to call it Service Sunday. All right. So when you arrive next week in every single one of the seats, there will be a card that is going to have various ways. That you can plug in and connect and serve in our church family, and there's going to be a information wall over here that's going to kind of have uh, some flyers you can take that talk about each of these different ministries, and it'll just be a great opportunity for you to find some ways that you can plug in and serve in our church. And it's not like uh, we we want to be real intentional here, y'all. We're not trying to build like a big machine. It's like it takes warm bodies. Y'all come and serve so we can keep this machine going. Like, that's not our heart at all, but we want you to be able to use the gifts God's given you to, to bless the kingdom works that's happening here at Central. So, uh, we want you to pray about it. So, even take some time this week and say, Lord, maybe show me kind of what area of ministry I might be used in. And you'll have an opportunity to fill that card out and leave it for us. And uh, we will sell that information on the dark web and uh, pay off our building. So, uh, that's not the plan. I will give that information to the ministry leaders that it's appropriate, and they'll contact you and try to find a way to get you plugged in and connected. So we're real excited about that. So we're continuing a series that we're calling Gospel for Life. And we started last week by looking at the first five verses of this letter that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. We talked about Paul's miraculous conversion, how God took him from a murderer and made him an apostle, and we were reminded that there is nobody who is too far gone for the Lord to come and save. And then we talked about this group of churches in Galatia, scattered throughout this region, and we were reminded that we have a God who speaks through His Word, this Word that has been given to us through the prophets and the apostles. We can be confident that the Bible we have before us today is indeed the word of God. We can trust the scriptures uh, that were written and given to us by God himself. And we also said that the entire Bible is the story of the gospel, how Jesus has come to redeem us and save us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And it is this gospel that, that we're going to see Paul begin to defend as we work our way through this text. So let's read and pray and dive in together. Galatians 1, we're going to start in verse 6 and read through verse 10. The word of the Lord says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Would you bow your head and pray with me? So, Lord, we come and ask you to do what you do when we open up the Bible, and that's speak to us. Lord, I've worked on this message this week. My friends have probably read this text and prayed and prepared themselves, so we have those ingredients we've talked about, a prepared preacher and a prepared people, yet we also know, Lord that without your spirit moving in this time, this is all for nothing. So, Lord, I pray that by your spirit, your truth would be proclaimed in such a way that we could receive it, hear it, and latch on to it, and walk out of it with our hands and feet, walking in your truth. So help us, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, Paul doesn't come right out and say it, but we know that the church in Galatia had a pretty significant problem. A History and other writings, and it's alluded to here in the text, tells us that a group of false teachers known as the Judaizers had come into these churches preaching what Paul calls here a different gospel. Though it's important that you know these false teachers never would have categorized it that way. Can I just tell you that false teachers never come in and say, hey guys, I've got a different gospel to teach you. They know better, right? Like, Do you remember Paul in one of his other letters says, hey, be careful of those who come in with plausible arguments. Like this morning, if I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm glad I'm your pastor now. I've been here long enough. I want to tell you, we're going to start worshiping Ra, the sun god. Who's in? Y'all would be like, uh, hang on a second. Something is very, very wrong here. Uh, so, so it's not the wackos, false teachers, that really cause trouble. Can I tell you the ones that cause trouble for the church? The ones that sound almost just right. Like, there's some truth in that. There's some kernels of truth. This sounds good. This sounds plausible. This sounds believable. Yet, it turns out, it's a different gospel. So, it was believable enough that people were led astray. And this is what these Judaizers were doing. They were Jewish people who had heard the message of the gospel. And they said, yeah, great. We love Jesus. We loved his teaching. We love the gospel. But if you really want to know God... If you really want to know them, then then you need to do this. You need to add this. You need to start to follow these Jewish religious customs. As we'll see later in the book of Galatians, one of the big key issues was circumcision. Of course, today, most males are circumcised for health reasons. But in Jewish culture, circumcision was a wildly different thing. It was literally a physical way of marking themselves and setting themselves apart as God's people from the rest of the world. So as you read through the Old Testament law, you see that circumcision was a big deal for God's people. So you could understand, while those coming from a Jewish background into this new movement known as Christianity would have some concerns about this, they'd have a hard time letting that go. You gotta remember, Paul was commissioned by Jesus himself to take the Gospel specifically to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people in the world. And let's just be real. Sharing the gospel becomes pretty difficult if you've got to carry a sharp knife around with you. Oh, come to the altars. The preacher's down here sharpening a rock. I'm <laughs> just saying. Anybody coming for that invitation? The altars were flooded, but the custodian was really upset after service. Really tough, tough situation. Some of you are like, well, you're rusty. That's a little bit crazy. That's what was the idea. These guys are saying, no, 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 no. These people can't come to Christ unless they do this, unless they get circumcised. So the New Testament is going to consistently teach, and we'll even see this language later in the book of Galatians, that the circumcision brought on by the gospel is a circumcision of the heart. So, at some point after Paul goes in and establishes these churches, and these churches are founded and they're doing well, Paul goes and then these teachers come in behind him, and they're like, No, 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 no. He didn't tell you everything. If you really want to know the Lord, then you need to do this. So, they start adding these Jewish requirements to the gospel. And we notice in this text that this teaching was sadly effective. In verse 6, Paul says, I'm astonished, I'm shocked, I'm blown away that you're so quickly turning to a different gospel. In fact, he uses this phrase, deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ, and you're turning to a different gospel. That word deserting, literally desertion, it's talking about a soldier who abandons his assignment. So it is loaded with negative connotations. Paul wants the people to understand this is not just a little theological issue. Oh, well, you know, some people believe this way, some people believe that way. No, this is a big deal. The gospel, what we studied last week in verses 3 and 4, that Jesus died to bring us grace and peace. The gospel is robbed of its power and its effectiveness the moment you add anything to it. And these believers in Galatia were in great danger of falling away. If they bought into these false teachers, if they listened to them started adding to the gospel, they were in grave danger. And while this danger may seem like it's an ancient problem, it's really not. I want to talk to you for just a minute this morning about deconversion. And let's talk about deconversion then, but also let's think about it now. And this is an important conversation that that you may or may not be prepared for, but it needs to happen. Because of the influence of social media and, and culture and pop culture in general, these terms deconversion, and maybe you've heard the term exvangelical, have become absolutely commonplace uh, in our culture. So so you may not know that word, but I can just promise you that the young adults in this room and the teenagers in this room have heard these terms. It's a whole subculture now on social media. And this phrase is used to describe people who were once in the faith, they claimed to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but but now they have, quote-unquote, deconverted They have become an ex-evangelical. They no longer claim Christ. Now just real quickly, let me just kind of talk about this from a theological view and really from the Scriptures. Once you are saved, if you are truly saved, if you truly experience salvation through Christ, there is really no such thing as a Christian being unsaved. It's just the reality of Scriptures. But I do believe that there are people who think Or maybe thought that they had a saving knowledge of Christ, but they had never truly been saved. But the Bible is clear, genuine faith, real salvation perseveres to the end. So so here's what I want you to understand. You can't lose or choose to end your salvation. Do you hear that? You can't lose your salvation, but also you can't choose just to be like, no, I'm no longer a believer. If you do... I would argue that you were never truly a believer to begin with. But at the same time, friends, I want to make this clear to you. I think we have an enemy that is in the business of confusing and distracting genuine believers. I think that's what was happening here to the people of Galatia, and I think it also happens to many today. This is why Paul is super serious in this letter. If you've read some of other of Paul's letters, for example, a a lot of our adult classes are in the book of Colossians right now. This is kind of the pattern Paul tends to follow. He opens up his letter with a greeting very similar to verses one through four. And then usually after, hey, uh, this is us, how's it going? Uh, let me just say a little encapsulation of the gospel. Usually he has like a pastoral prayer. And you know, uh, do you remember some of the famous ones? I pray that your knowledge and discernment and your love for Jesus will grow. Like these beautiful prayers for the church. Galatia doesn't get one of those, do they? He's like, hey, what's up? It's Paul. Remember the gospel. What are you doing? He immediately jumps in and says, we've got major, major problems. He doesn't waste any time with greetings. He's just going to jump in because he wants them to know they're in grave danger. These extras they're adding to the gospel are not the gospel, and they're literally making a different gospel. Again, I'll say it. If you add anything to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it stops being the gospel. It becomes a different gospel. And if you go down that road, friends, I want to tell you, you're in danger of deconverting, deserting the faith, leaving the salvation that the Lord has offered to you. And verse 7 is going to go on just to straight up say it. This isn't a gospel at all. It's just a distortion of truth. So friends, I want us to see and consider this sober warning today in a world of so much information, In such small bites too, right? Like these reels, TikToks and all that. I know I sound so old, it's ridiculous. It's like, you know, 10-second information bits where we're literally building theologies on yahoos who are talking to us online 10 seconds at a time. In a world of preaching that is as available to us as it's ever been, there are those who are YouTube sermons, unending information. I want to just tell you that in an information culture, it is so easy to actually end up getting the truth twisted and confused. The truth is so easily distorted, and I believe so many young and old are going down roads that end up leading us away from Jesus and his gospel. Rather than simply submitting to the truth of God's word, we've gone down the the rabbit trails of empty philosophy, of secular humanism, social media preachers and social media philosophers. Both oftentimes are dangerous. And just like Paul rattled the cage of the Galatians, I'm hoping that today this message will warn you and cause you to be careful of what inputs you are letting into your head and your heart. These things that promise a deeper understanding of the things of God. That's how they suck us in, right? Who doesn't want that? I want that. Oh, if you really want to know the Lord, then then listen to this. If you really want to be able to hear God, that's one of the big ones right now. So do you really want to be able to discern and hear the voice of God? Then watch this video, and it's like, let's go. Like we get sucked in so carefully, These are not fuller understandings of Jesus and his gospel. By and large, friends, I want you to understand these are false teachers proclaiming a different gospel that's no gospel at all. As we see in this text, it's actually what I want to call this morning the cursed gospel. The cursed gospel. Now, you'll notice I have a lowercase g there. Because again, as Paul says in verse 7, this is actually no gospel at all. This is not good news. It doesn't bring blessing. It actually brings cursing verses eight and nine are wildly strong to me and paul in verse eight he's like hey listen it doesn't matter who it is if it's us if it's an angel from heaven if anyone preaches a different gospel let him be accursed that word accursed is extremely strong thought well that's a little bit that's a little bit much paul You know, you really need to consider how people are going to feel when you say things like that. Okay, the next verse. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So if anyone, if it's a preacher, if it's a friend, if it's a YouTube video, if it's an angel of light that appears to you, and they're preaching something other than the gospel, let them be accursed. You might be thinking, well, Rusty, man, that that sounds a little bit harsh. You may want to slow down, preacher. But but here's what I want to tell you. If you're placing your faith and hope in anything other than the true gospel, you're already living under a curse. Like the most loving thing that I can do and that you can do for others is to share that reality with them. That there is a better way, that there's real hope that only comes through the true gospel of Christ. So here's what you need to know today there are a ton of false teachers in our culture. And there are even large religious followings that have been built by these false teachers. And, And we need to be bold enough to say what the Bible says. And the Bible literally says, let them be accursed. I can't help but think about large groups like Mormonism, a false teaching that is built literally on the claims that an angel descended, giving a special message that goes way, way beyond the gospel. And millions and millions of people have been deceived by this false teaching. Many good folks, good friends of ours, right here in Southeast Texas. But friends, you need to know it's a different, gospel even if an angel did descend to joseph smith the bible says if they're preaching another gospel let them be accursed jehovah's witnesses are another group of false teachers that have really just become entrenched in communities really close to us false teachers proclaiming a different gospel and closer to home see i knew y'all were gonna get quiet it's quiet in here right now and I get it. This one's even harder, but, but I would say there's a whole brand of kind of quasi-charismatic Christianity that promises like health and wealth and prosperity in exchange for your obedience and morality. And you see this a lot. Some of you have probably even shared their stuff on social media, not even realizing that you were like on ramps to the prosperity gospel. But friends, it's a different gospel. The Bible says, let them be accursed. I know I'm not making friends here. This isn't easy to talk about because here's why. Here's why it's not easy to talk about. Because these are our friends. This is not just them. Y'all would let's, hey, Pastor Rusty, talk about Hamas today. And then we can all together be like, boo, and walk out of here because your cousin isn't in Hamas. I hope. <laughs> Sorry if they are, I've just offended you greatly. We love talking about people outside of us, but what happens when it's people we know and love? It's complicated. And we love moments like last week, right? Like, and this was a good moment, but last week, do you remember, like I said, hey, if they're preaching the gospel of Christ by grace through faith, and they're preaching the gospel They're on the same team as us. We need to know that. And we were all like, amen, yes. And you probably talked to some of your friends at other churches and said, hey, our pastor said that we're on the same team. That's awesome. But as important as it is for us to say what we said last week, that the other churches in town, though we have our differences, if they preach the same gospel we do, we love them and need them. As important as that is, I believe it's equally important for us to say that those who add to the work of Christ For salvation, those who preach a different gospel are not on the same team as us. And it's tough. And I'm a big fan of Charlie Brown and all things peanuts. I've always loved the, it's it's actually like it's a great pumpkin season, right? But do you remember the phrase that was shared uh, by Linus to Charlie Brown? He said, hey, there's three things I've learned never to discuss with people. Politics, religion, and the great pumpkin. Do you remember that? And we kind of honestly have kind of quietly played by that rule in our culture, haven't we? Well, religion's a very personal thing for you, so we don't want to talk about it. It's It's a very personal thing. We've grown up with this subtle philosophy that it's none of our business and that we shouldn't talk about these other groups. The world today preaches tolerance, and for our culture, really, tolerance means that we have to accept and affirm anything and everything. The only great sin in our culture that the secular culture is willing to actually call sin is the sin of intolerance. So that makes messages like this hard for us. Because we don't want the world to see us as intolerant. We we don't want to be perceived as haters. And really the common phrase that we use that, that I've grown up hearing is, well, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? And here's what I want to tell you. You're nobody. You shouldn't be running around judging people. But we have God who is the eternal judge who has given us his word and his truth. And you and I do not have the luxury of being silent. We're called by God to rightly divide this truth so that when we see someone proclaiming a false gospel, we cannot be silent. Now, I know that some of you are like, boof, new guy, a little much. So he's that kind of preacher. Well, here's what I want to tell you. What I love about the Apostle Paul is that he's not afraid to address things that need to be addressed. So he talks about these things plainly and boldly. And I want to tell you that as your pastor, I need to be able, because the Lord has called me to be the under-shepherd, under Christ. He's your shepherd, by the way. I'm the under-shepherd. But, but to take care of the flock, i got to warn you when wolves are on the prowl. And we live in a culture of wolves. So I have to do this. Like I, l- listen, but here's what I also know, and can we just be real? We also know some of those preachers that, like, it seems like all they do is wolf hunt right? It's like, see my gun collection? <laughs> you know, like, that's all I do. And every message is about them, whoever they are, right? And it's usually somebody far away from us. And like, you know, you end up hearing about heresies that you'd never heard of until they brought it up. And you're like, why are we so obsessed with this right now? And it just seems to be all about other people. Here's what I love about the Apostle Paul. Paul is perhaps the most brilliant theologian to ever have lived, Like if there was anybody who could have taken down and dismantled the Judaizers, it would have been Paul. Like let Paul let them, give him a couple chapters, point by point. He could have refuted their theology and been like, here's what they believe, that's dumb, here's why. Here's what else they believe, stupid and wrong, here's why. He could have done it. Absolutely brilliant and in compelling ways could have convinced all the Galatians just by smacking them down logically and theologically. But he doesn't do that, does he? In fact, I just told you earlier, the only reason we really know about the Judaizers is from other writings and other history around this same time. What does Paul do instead? And I think this is so important for us to understand today. Rather than just destroy the arguments of false teachers, Paul is going to instead elevate the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Paul doesn't say, Wow, there's this false teaching. I got to start a YouTube channel and tell everybody about it. He he didn't say, Man, I got to get on Facebook and start ripping these Judaizers. No, instead, what does he do? I have to preach the pure, undistorted gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when the people of God experience the gospel, they'll know that nothing else will satisfy. So listen, friends, there are times where servants of King Jesus have to be bold and talk about uncomfortable things. So there are going to be times where something's going around and everyone's talking about something in our culture, and I have to say, hey, that's not the Bible. And it's uncomfortable for us, but here's what I hope to do week in and week out. Preach the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that when you hear something that's not it, you know that doesn't pass the gospel smell test. Like like I've been, the fragrance of Christ is all around our church continually. We're teaching and walking through this. So so that doesn't sound like what the gospel is. And you start asking questions. That's what I hope will happen. So what Paul's gonna spend the bulk of his time and attention talking about in Galatians is the blessed gospel. The blessed gospel. This is the big G gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ You need to know, friends, it's not a gospel that calls you to work for your salvation. It's not a gospel that calls you to work for your salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ says that even though you and I were as lost as could be, even though you and I were sinners, verse 4 says that Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this evil age. We were dead in our sins deserving of an eternity in hell, separated from the God who created us to love him and have a relationship with him. Yet because he loves us, because of his great love, he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that you and I could have life. And the moment you and I start trying to do things to earn his favor and to earn this free gift that's been given to us, it becomes a different gospel. And I believe it breaks the heart of God. It's so weird because we're in a culture where we all want to be known, but if we're honest, we're also all kind of scared to be known. Right? One of the weirdest things about being the new preacher. Has anybody ever been the new preacher? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Some of you. Wait. And it's weird because, like, uh, you know, everybody I'm interacting with, it's like the first time I get to interact with you. And, you know, I grew up hearing all the Dale Carnegie things, you know, how to win friends and influence people, right? And I ain't so hot at it most of the time, but trying, right? It's like, man, you only have one chance to make a first impression. You only have one chance. So it's like you're trying to be on all the time. And can I tell you what ends up happening in some weird way? Is I think spiritually, you try to be on with Jesus, right? Like, like I want to show him that his sacrifice on the cross was good. You got a good one, right? Like, see, again, I want y'all to know you got a good preacher. So I'm trying to, man, I'm, I'm working hard. I want you to see that. Like I'm trying to be at things. I'm trying to be in the community. So y'all can be like, there we go. But can I tell you something? Some of you may like that. It's like, good, we pay this guy enough. He better show up, right? Some of you are there, right? But do you want me to be at the football game because you pay me to be at the football game? Again, some of you are like, yeah, bro. Or do you want me to be there because I love you guys and love hanging out with y'all? Because I love seeing your kids play, because I I love being a part of this community and that I'm excited to be here. That's what we want. But can I tell you, spiritually, we've kind of ended up doing this weird thing where We got saved, and we say, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Now I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to perform in a way that pleases you. Guys, can I tell you the beautiful truth of the gospel? You can just be you with Jesus. You know why? He knows you. You, Listen, you are far worse than you think you are. But listen, you are way more loved than you know you are. He knows you, but he loves you. Right where you are right now, in the middle of your mess. He knows you, and he loves you. And the invitation to transformation isn't like, hey, he saved you, so clean up your act and start acting like it. No, the gospel says he loves you. So walk with him and let him transform your life. We're going to see next week in the text that Paul says, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've been through. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and my sins. Listen, the wrath that we deserved because we're us, because God knows us and we can't hide us, the punishment we deserve, Jesus paid it all. And man, as Jesus hung on that cross, do you remember in John's gospel those, those three words at the end? He said, It is finished. The crowd that watched that and heard that, man, they thought it was a sign of giving up. They thought it was over, but what they didn't know is that that wasn't him giving up, that was him declaring victory. Can I tell you what Jesus didn't say? It is finished. Now y'all go get circumcised. It is finished. Y'all better be at church. You hear me? You better be tithing. You better be doing all the good things. If you sin, you better hide it and not let people see it. No. Oh, our Savior hung on the cross. He said, it is finished. Jesus paid it all. Quit trying to wrestle the tab away because you're broke. You're broke. But you are more known than you could ever know and more loved than you could ever experience. Just open your heart to him, man. Thank you for listening to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. May God bless you as you continue to connect, grow, and serve.